0: Hi, Chris Felton here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Chris Felton. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we're learning how to to, full, to be fully alive and co-labor with God to change the world. And today I have my very close friend Stacy Campbell with me. Stacy, welcome to Cultural Catalyst. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the show. And uh, I love your ministry.
1: It is such an honor to be here. And as I, as you said, we've been friends for a long time. We go back decades and through lots of ups and downs. So it's great to be with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've been down, I've been up. Thankfully, I've been able to rescue you. <laughs> that that's not, that's not totally true, for sure. We've really been friends for a long time. You have been on a prophetic council in Canada, and now you have a ministry that you call Shiloh. Why don't you give us a little background, how you got into prophetic ministry and what it is you're doing?
1: Well, um, I came into prophetic, uh, as you know, very dishonestly. Uh, I never eagerly desired spiritual gifts. I never uh, desired prophecy. I was a cessationist. I uh, went to Baptist seminary and I was really anti actually the prophetic and I would argue with people like me all the time uh, that they were wrong. So uh, it was a real sovereign move. Uh, we had kind of a mini Toronto in our Baptist church seven eight years before Toronto and the Holy Spirit just fell very similar to Acts 2, and we were filled with the Holy Spirit, physically filled with the Holy Spirit, shaking, prophesying, and we started prophesying like from 0 to 100 out of nothing. And uh, it's been a journey ever since to go into church history, to go into what the Lord was doing globally, and the correlation between outpourings of the Spirit with the primary manifestation according to the Bible of prophecy, old men dreaming dreams, young Men having visions, and then everybody who calls on the name of the Lord getting saved. And so 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, for example, and then in church history movements, so many people, uh, revivals, Wesley, Whitfield, the prophetic that was moving in movements like that, the Huguenots, the Montanists, the, the Quakers, uh, all through church history and the direct correlation between revival and prophecy. But um, I, I began the... Canadian prophetic council, and I've helped launch many prophetic councils in different nations, Finland, uh, helped with Australia, helped with, um, to the prophets of Brazil, gathered, uh, um, uh, helped with just di- different countries in different places, helped them launch it. And, um, uh, because I believe that the, the, According to the Bible, prophecy is going to be almost a universal phenomenon in the last days. In the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit. It's going to be everywhere. And that we need to prepare people for this great future outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened to 120 at Pentecost. But clearly from both the Old and New Testaments, it's going to increase until it happens to all flesh. And so I think most people like me as a Baptist have no comprehension what it looks like in the Bible and what it looks like in church history and what is gonna happen on the earth. So I was invited to uh, Cindy Jacobs' uh, prophetic roundtable. She gathered the American prophets and at the time it was under Dr. Peter Wagner. And they invited me to go there. And Sydney asked me this question. It was a very poignant question. She said, So, Stacy, who are the prophets of Canada? And I went, uh uh. And you know, I honestly couldn't hardly think of one prophet in the nation of Canada. I could think of a few prophetic apostles, a couple prophetic pastors, but really it wasn't their dominant or primary function. And so that set me on a trajectory to kind of go search them and get them out of their caves because Canada is a very prophetic nation that has launched multiple moves of God with lots of prophecy in them. The latter rain, Violet Kitely, you know, Patricia King is Canadian oh, yeah. doing extreme prophetic. I mean, Toronto, I, we could go through decades of church history and, and realize that that's the case, but we, 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 can birth uh, moves of God, but we are poor at fathering and mothering moves of God. So I started the Canadian Prophetic Council. It was a disaster. Our first meeting was so pathetic. Yeah, um, A few people showed so up, good. But, but, it, but everybody was in competition. Everybody was fighting. It was, you know, I was a woman and I didn't even know how to, how, what I was you're, doing. You're still
0: a woman. You're still a woman, by I'm the way.
1: Still, I'm still a woman. Yeah, but yeah.
0: You said my, you was a woman, but I'm like, you still is a woman.
1: <laughs> I was in my early 40s at the time. I think you know, so it was like 20 years ago. And I and Wesley was you know helping me. He was uh, apostolically, but but he was trying to help me lead it because he said you're the primary prophetic voice. And anyway, it was not good. So the next year, I gathered it. Uh, all the prophets together under uh, a national apostolic gathering. And that kind of launched it much more. And then I ran it for several years. And my whole goal was always to see who the leaders were in the nation and then just empower them to lead their provinces. So eventually we had leaders in Ontario uh, running a, a provincial round table, leaders in Saskatchewan running a provincial round table, BC. We had leaders across the nation running different provinces and territories and submitting national words. And, you know, we would then disperse them to the intercessors and the apostolic leaders to try to build them out or to hear what the Lord is saying. And so, yeah, we I did that for a number of years. And when I moved to the States, just got my green card last year, I passed it on to uh, another younger prophetic uh, leader, Fetine Crisco, and so she's running it now.
0: And now you you've started Shiloh, okay. and is that is that an exclusively an American ministry?
1: No, uh, this is it's an international ministry. Actually, I was encouraged by a, a Kenyan. She she actually lives in the states now. Her and she's on my Shiloh company. And she came up to me one time I was speaking at a conference, and she said, "If you ever start a prophetic ministry, here's my name and number." I want to be on it. And so I really had no desire to start another one. But, uh, when COVID hit, Wesley said, Stacey, you should do some form of discipleship online. We can't go anywhere. We still have to equip. It's a mandate. Whatever gift you've been given, uh, you're, we're supposed to multiply it. You know, if we get one talent, we're supposed to bring him two. and, uh, things like yeah. that. It's very, and the, the Bible says he gives some, Apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints so they do the work of ministry until so good. we come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of God. So we we need these equippers to actually accomplish Jesus desire for his bride on the earth as it is in heaven till we come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of God, a mature man equal to the measure of the stature of Jesus. So um, he, he set it everything up online. And uh, I now have about 900 members or so that I'm equipping regularly. And wow. uh, it's just blowing up because Florence is, is the, the Kenyan who lives in Minnesota, she, she is like so prophetic. And what has happened? First, I just started teaching them and equipping them. And I did these um, on, I have a Shiloh Global app. And you can see a lot of programs on there. I was equipping them to prophesy outside the walls of the church. Because in the last move of God, we learned how to prophesy inside the church. We raised up a lot of prophetic departments, you know, prophetic national ministries like I did in Canada to empower the church leaders. But we never, I never, many other people did, uh, took it outside of that. And Patricia King actually used to go to our church in Canada.
0: Yeah, and um, I remember that.
1: She actually start launched prophetic. I, I helped her launch prophetic evangelism. It was actually an idea I got out of Australia where she was wanting to do all forms of evangelism like you know, go out and write little poems or prophetic words, cold turkey. So she was training different teams. And I said, well, why don't we do a free spiritual readings booth and we'll get, you know, there's people in our church that have a booster juice next to Starbucks, a little like juice shop. And we'll ask them if we can go in there. And we launched it in the nineties and she's taken it way bigger and better than me. But we had people standing in line for hours to get a prophetic word, a free spiritual reading. But Patricia's like, I'm not intrinsically an evangelist like her. Um, I'm much more of a devotional uh, uh, person. And I think that, you know, prophecy helps your walk with God because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the more that you see of Jesus, then the more that you love Jesus and want to follow Jesus. And so I could be quite actually selfish Just me and Jesus. But when I get into Jesus' presence, he begins to talk to me, you know, for he so loves the world. I don't personally love the world like he loves the world, but he loves it. And when you behold him and look at him and see the things that he did for the world and how he lived for the world and his desire for the world and how he would send his prophets into the world, it it motivates me beyond my natural temperament and personality. And so I got this idea when I started Shiloh. Well, why don't we, um, I had, I, 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 uh, I, I, I know that Jesus asks for nations. So when I was about, about, about the time that I started the prophetic roundtable, uh, in my early forties, I was praying in my devotional time just by myself. With the Lord. And I was saying, God, you know, you you've answered so many of my prayers. And I was just thinking of how, how He'd come into my family and my, my children, my, my, my brothers and sisters, and, and how he'd impacted. And I was weeping by myself before the Lord. And out of my spirit came these words. You've answered so many of my prayers. I want to give the rest of my life to answering yours. And it kind of impacted me. You know, sometimes you get a revelation or you're prophesying, but it doesn't really originate with you. And it sets you on a journey. I'm sure you've had that a lot of times. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I so I thought, well, I, what are Jesus prayers? John 17, Psalm 2. He asks for nations. He loves the world. You know, he wants everybody to be one. That's the purpose of prophecy. So I started praying those scriptures over and over and over again. And um, I began to gather people in nations to do the call, to do solemn assemblies under Lou's, under Lou Engel, yeah, Lou Engel, when he was doing the call. And um, we started with the day of prayer. But when we started, I always said, like, we're going to start with the day of prayer, but the day of prayer is not our end goal. I said, a day of prayer, we want to make it a catalyze, catalyst for a house of prayer. And uh, for example, when we went to Brazil, we started, we did five solemn assemblies, but I always said, a solemn assembly is not our end goal. Like. The Bible talks about a house of prayer. So then we began to bring house of prayer leaders in. We brought Lou in. We brought Mike in. We brought, uh, Jackie Nelson Lodos from the, their Brazilians that started a house of prayer in London, England. And, and, and when we started, there was only one 24 hour house of prayer that we knew of in the Protestant world. And now there's over 300. But even when we were doing the prayer things, they said our end goal is not a house of so prayer. Good because the house of prayer is for all nations. It's the same sentence. So we have to actually build a critical mass of prayer because its end goal is all nations, which is Psalm 2, which is John 17 also, the greatest, the greatest evangelistic tool in the world is John 17, that his people would be one so that the world would believe that the father sent Jesus and that he loves them. So they're, all of these things are the so that's, they're unto something, they're unto the heart of God, which is really big. So, but I said, our end goal is not a house of prayer. Our end goal is for the nation. And um, I was just in Brazil again last week. So we started these transformation summits and I, I never know what I'm doing. I'm sure you have this idea, well, well I don't know how to do it, but. Uh, and the Seven Mountains teaching was out with Lance and with uh, the Campus Crusade leader Bill Bright and with um, also the YWAM leader Lauren Cunningham, and so I had studied that a bit and I, I I I believe that you know going into society and I had studied a few other books to change the world uh, James Davison Hunter and and so I thought well what if we brought these transformation summits and I said Lord how how do you bring a nation you know how do we co-labor with you in what you're doing and we're all just one little tiny joint one little one little leg one little toe you know but how do i bring my part under your headship to bring help do that and he gave me this idea that why don't i you invite people that have already seen transformation in their sphere of influence like a business leader that's actually seen business so good. changed you know, and then tell the testimony because you guys at Bethel are famous for the testimony that if you tell the testimony, it means do it again, Lord. And God does it. So um, so I started and thought, well, it's going to take more than one mountain to change a nation. You know, it's going to take business. It's going to take government. It's going to take media. It's going to take family. It's going to take all these things working together like wheels within wheels like the presence of God travels like that, you know, in Ezekiel chapter one, and how yeah. it, it, there's this cross. it's how a Jew thinks, wheels within wheels. So I started to do these, I found people, and I would hear their testimony of how they impacted business. And I. so I brought all these people down to Brazil with me for, we did one in, in Santa Maria here, we did one in Brazil, and we had these business leaders that came from other countries, Australia, America, other across Brazil. This is just a, an example. And they got so hit by the Holy Spirit because Brazil's in revival in a lot of the churches.
0: So good.
1: And one of the yeah. guys that I, that came with me, he used to be the CEO of a, a multi-billion dollar bank in, um, uh, in the States, which he quit to start another bank, which has now grown into a multi-billion dollar bank, you know, just in the last few years, because God gave him kingdom economics and the purpose, wow. how to multiply. Is that, market.
0: is that in Brazil?
1: Well, he's is that that in Brazil. He's an American, but he got impacted. In Brazil. And wow. so he was always a Christian, you know, but his wife was the hungry one and she would always be dragging him to these revival meetings. And wow. He came so to this place. I found out he was a business guy. I said, why don't you come with me to Brazil? And why don't you testify about multiplication? Cause he understood the biblical principles of wealth creation and multiplication. But when he got there, you know, when he landed in Brazil, he had a virtually open vision of the map of Brazil. Never happened to him before. He said, I'm a banker. Wow. I'm logical. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, and of the map of Brazil with the face of Jesus coming forward. He said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm after this nation. And from there, he just had had prophetic encounter after encounter. And by the end, He's filled with the Holy Spirit, like Acts 2, like the Huguenots, like the Quakers, like me. He's filled, and he's shaking, and he can't stop shaking. He's like John. The banker. S- the S- banker's American, shaking. And he's like six foot four. He's this huge American guy and he's logical banker, multi billion dollar bank, and he wow. he's shaking, <laughs> he's shaking, and he's going, Lord, what do you want me to do this? And, and and God's telling him on the plane on the way home, well, I want you to tell people. And he said, like 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 who? He says, like uh, my church, uh, my men's group. He said, no, your boardroom. And he wow! Said, My boardroom, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, exactly." So Monday morning, he goes to work. He's still shaking. You know, he's under the power of the spirit. He's trying to restrain himself, and he starts to tell the testimony. He says, "You know, many of you know I went in
0: the boardroom. In, in the, the boardroom,
1: boardroom, Monday of on the Monday bank morning, of the bank. The, in the bank, you know they happen to be like their state. You know the." That that's yeah. the the board of the whole banking industry the, there, the, there. Wow! And he's shaking, and he said, "Many of you know, I just went to Brazil, and he starts to tell what happens and how God's." cares for a nation and God's passion for a nation. Ooh. And he's shaking in the bank and he's, you know, he's holding back tears and telling them about how we need to use wealth to take nations because the Lord started giving him this revelation. And he said it was a little That's nervous.
0: Isaiah 60. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Isaiah 60, the wealth of nations.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He said he was a little yeah. nervous because, um, you know, he's so he sort of looking down, but he said at the end of his presentation, he looked up. And he said almost everybody had like, like tears in their eyes. And uh wow. you know, some were nervously laughing because they hadn't talked about God in a bank before. And but he said they would they followed him out, many of them, like Nicodemus at night. You know, they just wow. followed and said, you know, I, I believe in that too, and I, I want to use my my wealth for that. And anyway, he's so now, good. He's now like prophesying by himself over billionaires on a regular basis in the bank. Wow. And and this is- So landscape. good. That's just one example.
0: St- Stacy, the world is going through what I call a metamorphosis and feels like we're in a cocoon. And uh, I think we're going to emerge, at least the church is going to emerge- connected to the heavens like a butterfly. And I'm wondering I haven't talked to you for we haven't had any serious talk for over a year. COVID's kind of uh you know hindered us from having you, but you're coming to the prophetic conference this mm-hmm. next coming year, this coming year. What uh you have any I don't know if you're carrying any kind of word for, you know, for the states or for the world. Is there anything you see that you that you're free yet to share.
1: Um there's a with a, reference to a few things yeah. and I think that yeah you, the, you can look at what's happening in the world as the glasses half full or you can look in the the situation of the world yeah. as the glasses half empty. Because no matter what is going on, God is God is in control. God, God's alpha. He starts things, but he also finishes things. He's omega. He's not taken by surprise. And I believe, and he's been prophesying through you, through me, through, I've had a number of prophetic signs about a brand new era that was coming that we couldn't go to the past to get there. And I believe even the shutdown is an opportunity for us to go deeper to create new wineskins for a new era. You can't. Pour new wine in an old wineskin, and God is has given me a whole new wineskin. I'm raising up prophets that are going into government. That's another whole wing. Uh, uh, this yeah. next weekend, I'm having a prophetic boot camp. Um, uh, uh, you can join online or in person, where I'm laying hands on uh, a leader that has worked for the UN, the IMF, and she is raising up nations of women. Where she is taking the prophetic. To amazing. leaders, of, especially women leaders that are in government and massive business where she's prophesying over them. She's had our Shiloh company come and help her prophesy. If I said wow. the name, the whole world would know the name of this governmental leader. And she is impacting government with the prophetic and the supernatural and equipping wow. them to change the world. And she's just started this also in the last uh two, three years. So it's it's an opportunity in this shutdown yep. to seek the face of God for the new and not go to the past, wait for the past to restart.
0: What does the era look like? Any any hints in your own spirit, um, you know, talking future present? Like, what does it look like to live future present? And what, what are you seeing? Let's say, you know, whatever you have is great, but in the next couple, two or three years, is there any anything specific that you see for either for the globe, for America, or, or for the church?
1: Well, there's. Uh, I've been on some call even just today with um, people in, and also this week. But uh, I was sent an article yesterday where uh, Zuckerberg has come out with a new coined a new phrase called metaverse, not universe, but metaverse. And the whole concept of it is, you know, can be used for the dark side as can anything or for the kingdom of God. I I think the understanding in it is that we are moving into a world that is, is going to be so connected through social, uh, um, social, uh, media. And he talked in that article about going from voice to text, from text to video. But the future will be where we actually have meetings where, you know, a hologram, you actually hologram your body into the thing or you preach online. And I think that the church, and I think we have to see these things as the kingdom of God, all new technology, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of life, who never changes. And God, those, these things can be used for great good, like medical inventions and breakthroughs that come. God is giving revelation, you know, for the advancement of his kingdom to go where we can't physically go. And if we grab these opportunities, we could be, we should be, the head and not the tail. We should be the front and not the, we should, shouldn't should be reacting to where society is going. We should be proactively creating what the future will hold so that the kingdom is advanced and occupying these, these places of so influence. Um, you know, that's the seven mountain teaching even, and, uh, and uh, uh, of, of actually being involved in the world. We're yes. in the world, not of yeah. the world and there's yeah. holy uses for for most everything you know i mean there's certain things that they'll never be yeah. holy yeah. but technologies can be used for great good or great evil some things are neutral it's yeah. how you use them and the motivation of your heart that makes them good or evil and so i think
0: well just think about how many more people are being touched and equipped for the kingdom, yeah, and being being yeah. saved, just out of you know social people are like, I hate social media, I hate the internet. It's like, well, actually, you know, we have a school with eight hundred students online right now. Are on we have on campus, but our online school has eight hundred full time students who are uh, right now in about seventy countries, and we have people from all over the world, from India, Africa, Asia. They're they're actually being equipped. To bring the kingdom all over the world, that couldn't have happened just twenty years ago. So you know, it's funny. I know you and I were, were raised in the same era where the church is like, come out and be separate. And here, here's the result of us coming out and be separate. The LGBTQ have pretty much taken over, uh, you know, a good part of the world with their and and I'm not I'm not hating anybody. I'm talking about their philosophies and their ide- ideologies. Well, we, you know, well we sat in our churches and in, you know, and then we have people like, "Well, you closed the church, the church closed." And I'm like, "If you can stop meeting and close and that's closing the church, then you probably should stay closed, you know? <laughs> because what's happening is is that we have, you know, this the closure has resulted in an incredible explosion of impact of the kingdom. Like I know Bethel's impact has grown 10 times since the COVID crisis and I I think we were forced into a new technology and people were forced into learning how to you know how to connect online especially our generation right and so you know it's opened up the mother it's become the mother of invention you know this adversity has become the mother of invention and I have been preaching the whole uh the whole hieroglyphics um, uh, uh not hieroglyphics but what you just mentioned a minute ago in the you know w- with uh with with uh, what, what's the what's the word I'm looking for, with uh, the way that you you actually uh, superimpose yourself into an environment, you know, with with uh, with that technology, and I'm like super excited about the fact that you know, three or four years from now, hologram, sorry, hologram, three or four years from now, Stacy, you could be standing in the jungle in Africa and preaching the gospel, and it will look just like you, and they'll they'll be that like personal experience it's the 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 technology is one thousand percent there. it's mm-hmm. just the internet getting a little bit qu- faster and a little bit of uh to make it to make it more viable. so super excited about what you're doing, the way you're training the nations, the seven mountains I, I would say one thing i I'm, I'm learning about the seven mountains we need to you know we need to not come through invasion or intrusion but through invitation because mm-hmm. we see. We see that they're gonna invite us. They're gonna the, the world's gonna come and say, teach us these ways. And I think we've kind of saw it as we're gonna invade, you know, these seven mountains. And yet I see the scriptures about invitation and not in not intrusion. So it's um it's it's wonderful and beautiful. Is there anything you wanna say before we close? I could see you got something in your eyes there.
1: I, I concur. I, I just think this is such an amazing opportunity. I read a recently yes. a statistical thing, either by Pew Research or maybe Barna, where they said that after COVID, even churches that opened up after they were allowed to go back in, had, the church attendance had decreased by 40 to 60% permanently. Yeah. They weren't coming back. But conversely. I also read a different article that said online searches for Jesus have gone up by the hundreds of percentages and people are yeah. coming to know Christ in a different way. So it's either a, a wonderful opportunity. And I think God, the innovation that I'm feeling in this season is incredible. And this is good news, Chris. Guess what? I posted this on my Facebook page that um, the greatest Time of influence in a person's life is between the age of 60 and 70. So we're both there. We're there. Can you you say it
0: again? Can you say it again? Come on, one more time.
1: (laughs) The greatest time of influence of a person's life is between the age of 60 and 70. The second greatest time of influence of a person's life, this is a Harvard study, is 70 to 80 years old. And the third greatest, I think, is... Uh, 50 to 60. So, I mean, we are really in the prime of life to see prime innovations, to see like a whole generations come behind us to walk into something even 10 times greater than we ever did. But it's a great prime time. time, baby. <laughs> exactly. We're
0: in prime time, baby.
1: <laughs> exactly. So well,
0: I, I so love you and I so miss you. And you'll be with us in February, I believe. I think the conference is in February. And I, I so look forward to connecting again. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I'm glad we're, we're moving out of COVID. Uh, uh-huh. I'm so excited for what you're doing with Shiloh. I'm By so the way, invite me on. I'd love to. And I I'd, was on I'd, a
1: call this morning with a guy that moved to Reading that Bill and you guys probably don't even know this because he was a super conservative, but he got healed at by uh, at a Bill Johnson meeting or listening to a Bill Johnson oh, yeah. recording, so he's lock, stock, and barrel moved to Reading, and he's a businessman coming out of the highest levels of business, and he's doing new technologies for to reach the whole world. Like, uh, 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 so anyway, I got to introduce you to him. We got to get him to tell well. the testimony when I come, and yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll bring some of yeah. my guys, and they'll testify.
0: Come on and text me his uh, information so I can I can uh, connect with him. Hey, thank you so much for being on. Uh, say hi to Wesley for me. I, I so miss you. I'm glad we'll see each other in a few months. And uh, if you get anything for me, feel free to you know call me. I, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs>
1: okay. Thank I'll you so that. much, Stacy. Okay, bless you. Have thank a, you.
0: Have a great, great week. You too. Bye now. Bye. Do you know that you have access to the mind of God? Through the power of the cross, you have a connection to what God thinks about problems and the circumstances of life. You might be going through something right now that you think is a problem, but to God, it's actually just a challenge when you have access to the thoughts of God for the solutions for the problems that you are facing. And instead of living with limited insight and intelligence, you can develop your spiritual intelligence. Yeah, this is the real exciting part of it. You can actually develop spiritual intelligence. And grow your connection with God, and you can actually think like God. Yes, you can actually think like God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that we can create an access point with God where we actually think God's thoughts. And so we are offering courses to empower you to think beyond the limits of human reasoning and move in to god reasoning to god thoughts to god's ideas in real time and increase your capacity for spiritual intelligence are you ready to explore god's terrain of thought in your life's challenges and actually go from victim to victor we really want to encourage you to take this course, you can enroll in this course at thesqinstitute.com and access God's intelligence for your situations and learn how to grow your capacity in God, God bless you.